Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast. I am Billy Embody. With me, Shay Dixon, as always, on this recruiting edition of the podcast. Lots to get to, including Transfer Portal. We thought we were done with Portal Podcast, but we're going to creep back into one briefly here. And lead off with the news of, uh, I would say, the week on the recruiting front, if you ask me. That's that LSU extended an offer to Maryland grad transfer offensive lineman uh, Mason Lunsford. He's uh, got two years of eligibility remaining. He's been a two-year starter for the Terps. He started all 13 games in 2021 and 12 of 13 games in 2022 at left guard. Uh, but he's going to take his talents for his last two seasons of college football elsewhere. He redshirted in 2019, 2020 didn't count to his eligibility. So he does have two years remaining Arkansas, uh, Houston, Louisville, James Madison, uh, 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 quite, quite a few schools also have offered him a scholarship. Shay, we've known about two offers that they've had out there to Jake Renfro and Ja'Kai Clark who are going elsewhere but now they've found their next target on the offensive line uh, to address that position from the transfer portal. And um, it seems like they're dead set on adding another offensive lineman if they can. Well, absolutely. Uh, morning, afternoon, evening to everyone listening on the pod, whatever time of day it is. I would say that we saw them go heavy on defensive linemen, made a bunch of offers, took five guys ultimately out of the portal on the D-line. Same thing with cornerback, ended up taking four guys. So 
nine of your, what, 11 additions are at corner and defensive line. Those were two positions we knew that they wanted to address. Then they took a linebacker because numbers were low there. Then they took Aaron Anderson, the only player on offense at Alabama, bringing him back as a New Orleans native. He's going to play receiver. He can be a return guy for you, which was an issue for them. So they've addressed a lot of needs. It's clear to me now, offensive line is the need that they feel they need to address because they offered Cincinnati's Jake Renfro. They offered Ja'Kai Clark out of Miami. I believe that was his name. Anyhow, two guys both ended up at other schools, but it was clear they were going after offensive linemen. Now they've made another offer. You mentioned the recent offers he has. LSU's as good as any name on that list. We'll see when the dead period ends at the end of the month, only about a week away. Then kids can start making visits again in the portal. He's a grad transfer too. So that's why he's able to put his name into the portal right now and have contact with schools despite uh, it not being a portal window. That's just for guys who have not graduated college. So that's the skinny on it. How good is he all that? I don't know. I do know this. LSU has a want in the old Les Miles days for some competition at center because they let Marlon Martinez and Charles Turner kind of go back and forth there. They let Garrett Dellinger and Charles Turner go back and forth there to start the season. Ultimately, it was Charles Turner's job. But we see it, Billy, that by offering a couple of guys that they had offered previously who could also play the center position, they wanted some depth there. They wanted some more competition there. Then they got hit by the portal, and four of their backup offensive linemen went to other schools, Cardell Thomas, Xavier Hill, Marcus Dumerville, Cam Wire, who had started a game, the season opener for him this year, they're all gone. So, yes, outside of Anthony Bradford, you return everyone on the offensive line. And really, Garrett Dellinger, you're not counting in that group. And he was starting half the year until he was hurt. So you have five starting offensive linemen back. I think Brad Davis sees an issue of we don't have any depth beyond that right now. And, yes, they've got four high school kids coming in this summer. But to operate through spring ball with seven or eight offensive linemen, and I don't even know if all of them are healthy or what they've got going on, that's not enough. So a guy like this makes sense. Can he start right away? He can certainly compete, but that's what they're looking for right now, a, a competition depth point. Yeah, and I think that's what we see. Like outside of Jake Renfro, I feel like both now of the offers would be guys that you just expect to come in and compete push other guys. I mean, Mason Lunford's, uh, Lunsford uh, comes from Good Council, which is a really good you know, high school program in the DMV area. Uh, obviously, that's four years ago, but he's always been, you know, one of those guys that's had that polish, had that um, ability to to play. I mean, you know, redshirted 2019, but played in two games and then you know saw action in five, uh, I believe, in 2020. So he's somebody that has a lot of ball under his belt. And when you look at the offensive line position, you can never have enough guys who have experience and have that ability maybe to play multiple positions. He was a tackle coming out of high school who ended up kicking inside after redshirting. So um, a good offer in my book, when, when you're looking at an offensive line that has plenty of you know, starting players coming back after last year. And the goal is to just add more competition, which is something that LSU is always going to try to do. So a good offer out uh, from the transfer portal. Uh, to Mason Lunsford, and uh, we're going to catch up with him soon. Uh, I'm supposed to talk with him later this week, see if he's got a visit uh, coming from uh, his side of things. 
uh, with with LSU. So that was the big piece of recruiting news from the transfer portal this week. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now, we're just a week and a day away as we're recording this from LSU's massive junior day uh, on March 4th. And it's shaping up to be a good one. Uh, There's a huge seven-on-seven tournament the second weekend in March. So that weekend's uh, going to be big as a lot of prospects are Coming to New Orleans for that. We're going to see LSU host a lot of guys there. But, Shay, we're going to highlight some of the guys, and and all of these have really been made public. So we're not giving up the entire list that our Bengal Tiger subscribers have access to. But uh, this big one that we're going to lead off with, the number one quarterback in the country in 2025 out of Michigan, Bryce Underwood, is going to be on campus for his first visit to check out LSU. Um, since Colin Hurley reclassified to 2024, and we know he's the four-star quarterback commit for the Tigers in that cycle, Joe Sloan's first 2025 offer since Colin Hurley, so to speak, was Bryce Underwood. Um, he's been an elite player now for the last two years. Uh, I believe he was the Gatorade Player of the Year, the sophomore Gatorade Player of the Year. Um, I saw him throw at Battle Miami. He's got an electric arm. Uh, he just really has it all together, and for them to get an early visit from him as his recruitment starts to pick up is big. Yeah, this is a kid who will be a junior just coming off his sophomore year, but is already the number one quarterback in the country and his film's dynamic. You can compare him with any kid, junior, senior, and the productions there. You can see the ceiling that he has and the fact that he is just coming off a sophomore year makes you excited because he's got multiple more, more years too in high school to grow his game. Here's why this is important. One, you always want to have top players coming by and visiting your school, and that's great. And people will say, well, look, he's from Michigan. What sort of shot do they really have? Well, in this era, kids from all over the country, especially a quarterback, will leave home and go play somewhere else. That is not a deal breaker like it might have been in a different era. We are in a new era with the transfer portal and NIL, all these different elements that I just think an expanding playoff kids are leaving to go to different places more often than not. So he's a legitimate target. You go after him, but Shay, he's not even a junior yet. You're getting him on campus signing day so far away. Why does it even matter? Because when it starts to matter, let's say when dominoes start dropping around this time next year for quarterbacks in that class, are you battling to get him to campus? Are you hoping he comes and sees you for the first time? Or did you say, We've actually already had him in. You know what? He came for a junior day a year ago. He was at a game in the fall. You know, he came by in a summer camp. And suddenly when it's crunch time and he's actually looking at top schools and thinking about official visits, you've got not one, but maybe multiple visits under your belts. And for a kid from Michigan, that's big for LSU. So props to Joe Sloan and the staff for getting him in. Underwood, no doubt, uh, getting an early offer. He's got the who's who of everybody already, but if you want to fight for the best quarterbacks in the country, get them onto campus when they're young. That's what they're doing right now. That's a headline visitor for next weekend. Yeah, and I mean, just to shed light on one of the top players in Louisiana in that cycle now hitting campus 
uh, that weekend as well. Keelan Moses uh, out of U High right there on LSU's campus is going to be um, there as well. He plays running back, plays linebacker for U High, but LSU recruiting him at linebacker, I would say, right now. Uh, very talented prospect. Saw him move around well at um, the Shock Doctor camp up in uh, the Dallas area. Uh, caught up with him. He's very high on LSU. And, you know, Shea, like you said, people were saying, but wait, getting him on campus, Bryce Underwood, he's so far away. Well, uh, as Keelan told me, LSU is all over him uh, because they don't want to see his recruitment end up like Dylan Moses. Uh, obviously, a highly touted five-star ended up going to Alabama out of your backyard. This recruitment, though, is very different, and it's got a very different feel uh, than that one. And look, I think LSU is is putting themselves in a very strong position early on to land him. It's a full staff effort. And look, I mean, he's a guy that you know been to multiple games this fall at LSU. Uh, camp last summer. Uh, he's just got, from what it seems like, at least, and it's early, uh, the makings of one of the you know potential 2025, 2025 commitments uh, for LSU. I mean, they'd have to be considered the team to beat. And if you're not following along or didn't put those pieces together, uh, Keelan Moses is Dylan Moses' little brother. Uh, obviously, everyone remembers Dylan, came through. I mean, he was on cover of ESPN, the magazine when he was in middle school. So uh, playing in Baton Rouge at U high, got all this fanfare. LSU ultimately was going through a coaching change at the time um, in the last years. And obviously Dylan goes to Alabama and that was that, but now his younger brother is at U high. And as Billy noted, we get the sense this one is um, it, it should, it should, and we'll see trend in a different direction. I think LSU is definitely the team to beat here. Uh, but he's got attention from everybody. He'll make visits. He's still only coming off his sophomore year. But, yes, you're right. Put him up there with Underwood, and you're getting one of the top players on defense for the class and one of the top players on offense in, in the class in for the same weekend. Uh, that's what you want. That's what you want out of these underclassmen weekends. You want to be bringing in as many kids who are high profile as possible, get the visits in, build the rapport, see where it goes. And I'll add uh, to quickly circle back before we move on to 2024 that just remember a year ago around this time, LSU was a relatively new staff here in Baton Rouge and recruiting the likes of Jaden Rashada, Dante Moore, taking their swing at some of those, you know, high, high profile guys. And that was Dante Moore's first visit to LSU. And yeah, they were considered a, you know, early strong contender. And obviously they faded in that respect, but you know, that was his first visit it was March, uh, I think, you know, or, or maybe even January um, 2022. Now you're getting into a recruitment where you can have him on campus a full year ahead of time, like you said. So maybe you you're laying better foundations for success in that regard. So but uh, it is a huge weekend for the class of 2024. That is going to be the big priority. And I tell you what, I'm impressed with what LSU has put together um, so far on this visitor list. And there will be more. There will be guys that pop up. There will be guys in state that certainly say, okay, all right, I'll go over there as well. But for having a big seven-on-seven -seven tournament the next weekend, um, you know, March 10th weekend in New Orleans where kids can build visits around that, they're still getting a lot of top talent on campus, especially at wide receivers, especially at safety and offensive line. And look, let's lead off with the highest rated one, on the on three consensus, a guy that just included LSU in his top six, 
um, out of Missouri City Hightower in Texas. Zion uh, Kearney, uh, the number 57 overall prospect, number 11 wide receiver in the country. Um, LSU's battling the likes of Oklahoma and Texas A&M here, but um, it seems like he's starting to tick up that that list uh, of wide receiver targets for, for Cortez Hankton. And for me, it's going to always at the position receiver is always going to be based around what does Louisiana give you? And right now they have one offer out Louisiana and Kobe Young. That's not enough, right? I mean, you're needing more than one receiver. Now, other Louisiana guys will emerge. We see it every year. But I lean heavy on Louisiana because I've said it many times in the podcast. Think right now, who was the last LSU out of state receiver that made a massive impact at LSU? You'd have to think back. Terrence Tolliver, Brandon LaFell, most everybody are Louisiana guys. More than most. The big majority are Louisiana guys. So if you've got to go outside Louisiana, pick your spots. And I think they did that well last year. They went into Florida. That's a state I'm okay with. They went and got Jalen Brown. He looks promising. They went to Texas. I'm okay with that. I like it. They got Kyle Parker. Billy saw him a million times. He's more than talented enough to play at a school like LSU. Now we look at this class, Billy, and you mentioned a kid like Zion Kearney, Missouri City, Texas. I'm good with it. If you're not in Louisiana getting your guys and you don't think you can fill a whole receiver class in Louisiana, go to Texas. Flirt with a Mississippi guy or two if you have to. Go to Florida. Make an offer to in Georgia. Don't go to California. Don't go up to the Northeast. Don't go all these different spots when that kind of talent's right here. It's in your backyard. It's in the bordering states. So when I hear you mention a guy like Kearney and he's giving LSU a visit, he's got, you know, local schools, A&M, Arkansas, Baylor, LSU, teams like that on his wish list or on his offer list. That seems realistic to me. Like we're not talking about a kid that is in St. Louis, like a Ryan Wingo, who's like, everyone's recruiting him. You better hope to have a connection to him because he's not really from around here. I like Zion Kearney. I, I put him on my names to watch because that's the kind of guy I could see Cortez Hankton like really zoning in on and then ultimately getting. Yeah, and I mean, you look at this list of, uh, you know, these these wide receivers that are on this group, Um you know, you have Bradell Richardson, who we saw at Battle Miami. He's been a longtime target. Um, you know, we're expecting Noriel White, a big target out of Mississippi for LSU. Those are the types of guys that are bringing in. This is the group that everyone on there has been to LSU at least once. They know what campus is like. Um, they're starting to build even more momentum, it seems like, with this group of wide receivers that's coming in. And then the goal would be for those guys to turn around and be right back on campus the next weekend for that seven-on-seven -seven tournament that's in New Orleans and swing through and catch a spring football practice. You know, Cortez Hankton's been really grinding, I feel like, on this wide receiver class to build some strong connections. And I feel like it's trending the right way. And, and you're seeing that because the first weekend after the dead period ends, his top targets are hitting LSU's campus. We'll talk more about that here in a bit. We've got a little wide receiver talk for y'all. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. 
At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We'll keep it in Texas for the next uh, prospect, though, the highest rated defensive player that's going to be on LSU's campus. Uh, and that's Xavier Filsame uh, out of McKinney, Texas. Um, I saw him this fall. He was playing his first season at safety over there in McKinney, and he ranks as the number 62 overall prospect in the country, number five safety. He's even higher, I think, uh, for us at on three. He's the number 40 overall prospect, number two safety in the country. Um, and Kerry Cooks has got a lot of ties up there in the DFW area. And once again, he's getting a top guy on campus for that first weekend coming out of the dead period. There's programs like Oklahoma, Texas A&M, and, and certainly others involved with Xavier. But I think this is a guy that I really like. When you look at those corners that end up moving to safety, um, and he's filled out pretty well, he's going to add more weight. I, I like this move, and, and I think LSU is starting to trend a little bit um, with him as well. Again, I like it because DB for me is no different than wide receiver. Go Louisiana. What does Louisiana give you? Louisiana is going to give you something. And there are safeties out there. Uh, Joel Rogers is a guy we wrote about on the site today out of the Feliciana area. Plays quarterback, but is being recruited by Kerry Cooks at safety. He could get an offer. Deshaun McBride is a guy Billy and I have talked about on the pod before out of Denham Springs. He's a guy who could get an offer. Multi-sport athlete. There's others. Safeties in Louisiana. But you still need to go out and offer others. And if you're going to go do it, Go into the DFW area then. Go into Houston. Go into East Texas. Find, don't take me back to California. Don't take me up to the Northeast. Go in these states that are states you recruit well in, that put out high-level athletes that you've gotten to the school before. For the same reason I like Zion Kearney, I agree with you here. This is a guy I would be targeting as a priority at safety for a number of reasons. Yeah, and... I mean, they've got some other high-profile prospects coming in from the safety position on campus that weekend. So check out the full list um, on uh, thebengaltiger.com. You can get a free Founders Club hat when you subscribe. Uh, we're going to have a spring football ske- uh, special coming up, so be sure to check for that. Right now it's $30, gets you access until September, so you get the full offseason of recruiting. Let's move on to the offensive line, though. Um, and you know, Brad Davis signed a really good haul in 2023. And he's got three of the top offensive linemen, really four uh, in terms of guys who have offers coming in this weekend. And you look at the number one you know, guy, I think, for Brad Davis next cycle. I think it's got to be John Daniels out of Pensacola, Florida. Um, he's the number 152 overall prospect in the country. His on three consensus ranking is really helped by the fact that we have him as the number 47 overall prospect, number three offensive tackle in the country. LSU, once again, going to get him on campus early on, right after the dead period. He's going to check out Florida right before he hits LSU. So the dead period ends, I believe, the second. So guys could start visiting then. So he'll visit the Gators. He went to Florida State in January. George is on him. Uh, This is a guy, though, that says the best job out of all the schools in terms of communication is with LSU. And I'm just looking down the list, too, of you mentioned him. And he is John Daniels ranked number eight OT, number eight offensive tackle. 
he'll Brad Davis, offensive line coach, will also have in the number 10 offensive tackle, the number 14 interior offensive lineman. Uh, I could keep scrolling up and down this list. Point being, even some future targets, getting them on campus, as you noted early, this is what he did a year ago. And you pointed out they had a really good O-line haul. Well, how'd they do it, Billy? They got the two best players in Louisiana, Zaylon's Hurd and Tyree Adams. They had them around campus a lot. They ultimately get him committed across the finish line, signed. Then you had to go outside the state. Yes, ultimately they come away with DJ Chester, one of the best players in Georgia, and Paul Mabenga, really one of the kind of sleeper prospects. That's a fun one to pick for a lot of people coming out of a big program in Buford in Georgia. That wasn't the only guys they recruited. They brought a lot of guys in for visits, but ultimately you got to narrow it down to, hey, these guys we got in on visits, we like them, but we feel like they might be trending elsewhere. But hey, DJ Chester seems real interested. And if we put the gas down, you know, put the foot on the gas and we keep this going, we could chip away at this and maybe pull it off. And they did. This is what weekends like this are for. Brad Davis, get in your top four or five targets that can, you know, can make it for the weekend, spend the day with them and then see where it goes. Because come the spring, if some of these are lining up officials, now all of a sudden you're getting an official and then you see where that goes. So this is sort of the planting the seeds was recruiting the kids and offering them. This is where we start to see the trees grow. Uh, and I have a feeling outside of this weekend, someone who's visiting in the next couple of weeks will end up signing with LSU because that's just when we start to see that first big splash made with these kids is when they start coming in for visits in you know, February, March, April, February's dead, but March and April. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned the guys that they have coming in. I'll I'll add uh, to that with Blake Frazier, the offensive tackle out of the Austin area, and this is one that, I mean, he just scheduled a Michigan visit. He's scheduled Oregon. He's got plenty of schools after him. He's been to Penn State, Texas, Florida. Uh, Michigan leads the on three recruiting prediction machine. He's on the edge of being a top one hundred and fifty overall prospect. Um, but then you go down the list and you look in East Texas out of Lindale. There's Casey Poe who ranks as the number two interior offensive lineman in the entire country. If the five stars were done today, he'd be a five star. Um, and he is somebody that LSU is really battling for there. Um, he's got, uh, I believe he's, he's big in track. So he's got to work some visits around that, but you know, Auburn, uh, Michigan state, Texas, Oklahoma, um, TCU, all these schools are really going to be battling for Casey Poe, but Another, you know, point to make here is that, you know, Brad Davis just is on guys that the industry and especially us, I would say, are really high on. So that's a good sign as well um, that they'll get these guys on campus. Um, and, and let's finish up with one more here because it wouldn't be a recruiting podcast without a little defensive line talk. And um, one guy that is coming to campus um, is going to be a mod bro. Uh, who's going to uh, come down from Ruston. He's committed to Duke. Um, he's going to be on campus. He's an intriguing edge prospect. But the one that I'm circling is Terrence Hibbler, who's out of Mississippi. He's been on a rise in a big way. Um, he's picked up Alabama, Mississippi State, and Ole Miss are certainly after him. Um, you know, Auburn's going to host him as well. But this is this is a guy that LSU is really pushing for now. And you're seeing that with him scheduling his first visit out of the dead period. 
to LSU. He's a true defensive tackle target for the Tigers. Yeah, that's one, obviously, I think people are going to be keeping a close eye on. And we've seen defensive linemen, especially on the interior, emerge in Louisiana. I mean, there's three guys now uh, that they have offered scholarships to. Dominic McKinley out of Acadiana making a really big rise. you got Melvin Hills at LCA, Demirian Johnson at Westgate. Actually, a lot of guys in that same area. All of them have been picking up college offers. McKinley's really been soaring. He might end up being the best of the bunch. We'll have to see. But you did mention Ahmad Bro. I like Bro as well. We had talked about him on the site uh, at one point. But, Billy, he was a real key piece uh, to Rustin winning a state title. He played along the D-line. He played stand-up edge rusher. He's kind of a tweener, you know, in a way. Um, not as big as maybe most defensive linemen would be. But plenty of time there. I like that they're taking a look at him. And this is what it's about. Louisiana has kids all over the state that are going to play big-time college ball. You have to make your evaluations thorough. So there'll be a lot of guys on campus, Billy, who I think, do they have offers? No. Are they under the microscope? Absolutely. So um, there's headliners and all that that will steal the show. I'm often just as intrigued as kind of how things go with a lot of guys that we know that they're keeping an eye on that could be spring offers or summer camp offers or maybe senior year eval offers. And all of that kind of begins and continues on visits like this. So, it, uh, for many reasons, it'll be an exciting weekend, top to bottom. Yes, it will be. And uh, we continue to stay excited about one of our sponsors for the Bengal Tiger podcast, and that is Rogue Shop. So we're going to take a couple seconds here and talk about our friends, Richard and Shar, the husband and wife who run Rogue Shop, craft cannabis company. Um, and look, you can always get 10% uh, off your order with promo code bangled tiger so check them out whether you're looking for creams pre-rolls tinctures um, gummies all sorts of uh, ways to help if you have insomnia sleep issues stress anxiety a little bit of pain um, they do a great job making sure their stuff is handmade it's not a major major setup so if you're looking to support a small business veteran owned um, that does it the right way. Check out rogueshop.com, uh, promo code Bengal Tiger to get 10% off your order. And uh, Shay, they just continue to be uh, a great partner for us here at the Bengal Tiger. No, since the last pod, pod, I've gotten a number of texts from people who said they've jumped on it, um, that it had already come in pretty quickly. I'll tell you, I woke up today knowing we had the pod today too, and I felt so refreshed. And I figured out through talking with Shar and them too of just the right kind of, I guess you would say dosage, but you know, of how all the different um, gummies that help you out with sleep can be dosed, you know, whether you should eat half of one or the whole one. Well, I've got my perfect thing now. And Billy, when I tell you, I've been the nights of tossing and turning and waking up at three and trying to fall back asleep right through the night, not feeling groggy. When I wake up, get after it. I was texting you at seven something this morning. So um, when you're checking everything out, if sleep is on your thing or lack of sleep, no doubt about it. Uh, the gummies you'll see on there, Delta eights, nines, they have a number of varieties, but they work. And I slept right through the night. No crazy dreams, no nothing, just sleep. And it's good to get some rest after the Mardi Gras weekend. So that probably <laughs> helped. Check out rogueshop.com, promo code Bengal Tiger for 10% off your order.
Shay, we're going to wrap up uh, this podcast with a look at the skill positions, the corners, the wide receivers that LSU is targeting in 2024. We mentioned it's a huge weekend for Cortez Hankton. Um, the cornerback room, I think you're going to see a lot of top targets hit campus with that seven on seven campus, uh, with that seven on seven tournament coming to New Orleans the second weekend. We'll also see a lot of these guys roll through for spring practice. And, and let's kind of set the stage here at cornerback first. We're talking about a position group that has two commitments, Zion Ferguson out of Georgia, uh, who's a four-star prospect. You have Wallace Foster out of Warren Easton in New Orleans, who's a nickel. Those two guys have been committed for a while now. And you address the position with certainly, I mean, one of the biggest lands in the country, Denver Harris. Last cycle, they also added JV and Toviano is going to get a shot at corner. They've got Jeremiah Hughes. We've got some other guys from 2023. But 2024 is also trending well uh, for LSU to have another standout class. I mean, you look at who they got on campus last month. You got probably the top corner in the state, Wardell Mack, on campus for a visit. Um, he's been to you know numerous schools, but LSU continues to recruit him very well. Then you toss in the five-star Alabama commit, Jalen Mbakwe. It just seems like they are continuing to do a good job of targeting guys, getting them on campus, and um, you know, making some waves. And so this class at corner could go quite a few different ways um, is the way I see it. But uh, they've got their clear-cut targets, and I think this spring is going to be big as far as getting guys on campus for visits and continuing to try and make waves. Yeah, and we'll see. Look, a guy like Wallace Foster, he's from New Orleans, he's going to stick with you. Zion Ferguson, not for, you know, he's from Georgia. He's getting recruited by everyone. He seems very into LSU, but you're always going to know, okay, we got to continue to recruit other guys. For me, it goes to Wardell Mack first. Can you get Louisiana's best corner in the boat? Then for me, you also, and people may not want to hear this, you continue to recruit Juwan Johnson. He committed to Colorado. He's ranked as an athlete. He plays quarterback, but he's going to play DB at the next level. You continue to recruit him heavily. You want to recruit Louisiana guys. So you continue to look at who around the state pops up that you like. From there, I'm doing exactly what they're doing. And Billy, you mentioned guys, Kobe Black, a Texas guy, John Mitchell, Florida guy, Eli Bowen, who I think would be a bit of a pipe dream, maybe, but uh, a Texas guy. Recruit these kids from the surrounding states. They can come on plenty of visits because they can drive right over. If it's Florida, pop in on a flight, whatever it might be. I want to see if they can't get Wardell Mack to pop. Maybe not this, you know, not this weekend or not, you know, but this offseason. Because for me, and I think if you say, but the goal is to get Wardell Mack committed by the start of senior years. Well, you have gone through spring evals and summer camp, and you've also already now seen everybody else. You've probably popped another guy. You might be sitting on two, three, four cornerback commits. Why I say I'd like that to all happen then, because I think Wardell Mack's a must, it lets you then figure out what else you really need to do at corner. Because by then, all of these guys who they signed to play corner out of this past class, Jeremiah Hughes, they're moving Ashton Stamps there. Toviano is going to play there. You talked about it. What if those guys all look really good? What if they're like, hey, look, we're keeping these young kids at corner. Well, then you don't feel like you got to go out and spend five scholarships to get more young corners on the team. If you say, we really like Jeremiah Hughes, but you know what? Stamps and Toviano, they're a bit more of a safety, and, and that's where we're going to move them. 
Well, suddenly you do need to go a little bit heavier on a younger corner class of high school guys. So by the fall, I think we have a really good feel for what's happening at corner for the future, for the reasons that I mentioned. Yeah, I mean, I think you're if if there's a dream get, obviously there's Jalen and Bop and Bopway. Mbop, oh man, Jalen and Bopway, uh, the top 10 overall prospect committed to the tide, but he is from Alabama. But if there's a dream, dream get, like a realistic one, I look at Kobe Black. I mean, he's one of the top prospects overall in the country. His brother played at Oklahoma State. Um, Oklahoma, Texas, and Texas AM all had him on campus last month, but he's somebody that's gonna pop up for spring practice or even the spring game, he told us. So um, lots of effort being put in to getting him out of Waco, Texas. Hopefully for LSU, they can get him. That would be a really, really key piece uh, to the puzzle for LSU long-term if they could find a way to get Kobe Black, who's really, really impressive. But there's also the wide receiver piece to all of this, of course. You know, Cortez Hankton signed four wide receivers that you feel really good about in 2023, I would think. You know, we talked a little bit about them earlier. They signed Shelton Sampson out of Louisiana, Kai Prion out of Louisiana, and then went and got Kyle Parker out of Texas, a New Orleans native, uh, and then Jalen Brown, uh, who's from Miami, but of course his mom lives in Mississippi as well. So um, those guys, those are your 2023 signees. But the 2024 class is shaping up to be one that I feel like when you look at this top group of wide receivers – you know, they could go a lot of different directions once again. I mean, they have JoJo Stone committed, but like you mentioned with Zion Ferguson, he's from Georgia. He's getting recruited by other people. I'm going to see him and Zion Ferguson this weekend at the Under Armour uh, camp in Atlanta. So we'll get a chance to, you know, catch up with them. But, you know, they have started well with JoJo Stone. That's a good slot piece, versatile, speedy. And now LSU has this group of top targets that I feel like if they come away with three to four of them, you know, you're really in a good position long-term at wide receiver now. I think if you start in state, you know, Kobe Young is that guy no that uh, they're looking at. And, and we've talked a good bit about him on the podcast out of the New Orleans area, but it seems like they're going to have to go potentially again out of state uh, to go pluck a couple guys for this wide receiver class. Yeah. I mean, I put it together like I do everything. I mean, I've repeated this multiple times on the podcast. Summer camp will give it to you. Spring evals will give it to you when you want to see what these in-state receivers look like compared to the out-of-state guys you're after and maybe that you've offered. You're always a little bit more cautious in-state. My prediction, they get Kobe Young, who is currently the state's highest-ranked receiver, and that they find at least one more out of the state that they offer and get committed. There'll be somebody that plays receiver in Louisiana that will emerge and be worthy enough to get an LSU offer. Then you feel like, Billy, all right, four is usually the magic number at receiver anyhow, if you're consistent with it, and then you can grab one Aaron Anderson out of the portal when you need to. And I feel very good about the four that you mentioned they just signed. So if you get Kobe Young, you get another receiver out of Louisiana. You might only need to go get a couple of guys from outside the state. I circle back to someone we talked about at the beginning of the podcast. Um, what? Zion. I uh, skipped right over his name. We've got too many Zions, Billy. Zion Kearney. Kearney. As a, as a someone, as you described, legitimate. Like, there's a realistic shot that they could get a guy like that out of Texas, despite him being recruited nationally and by Texas schools. So 
I go into Texas, I JJ Harrell, Mississippi. I look around at these different people I've offered, some guys in Florida, and use these visits here to gauge, all right, who's really interested and who might not be. And I move forward with that approach because for me, I do think they get Kobe Young, Louisiana's best receiver. And I do think they find another in Louisiana. So I'm tasked by Brian Kelly, Cortez Hankton, go get me two receivers from outside the state. He can do it. He went and got you Jalen Brown and Kyle Parker in year one when they didn't even really have a lot of time to recruit all these kids. By now, he's had time to build a lot more relationships. You've run down the list before. I would think that this is a cycle where their two out-of-state guys are two that everyone is like, those are two really good players. And if they hold on to them, they've already got one uh, in the boat in JoJo Stone. Yeah, and so for me, you look at Noriel White, who's going to be on campus that first weekend in March. He's out of Mississippi. He's close by. He's not that far. He's not like North you know, Mississippi up in territory for a bunch of different, you know, programs in a way. He's obviously going to be one that's highly contested by multiple programs, including the in-state ones. But things look like they're trending well for LSU and to get that first visit. And then he'll be back in New Orleans uh, the next weekend for that battle seven on seven tournament. I think he's one to circle. And, you know, we're, we're high on him at on three. I mean, somebody that we have higher than the consensus. Um, we have him number 222 overall. Uh, in the country and the consensus is a little bit closer to, you know, 300th overall player. Um, he's 6'1", 170. You know, he's got enough size to be somebody that can compete at the SEC level. I think then you keep looking in Mississippi and you shoot for the stars. And right now a big rising star is J.J. Harrell um, out of North Panola in Mississippi. He visited LSU. He's been to Tennessee and he stopped by, I believe, Alabama and Ole Miss to round out the month of January, that's one where he has totally blown up um, and, you know, delayed a decision. Now he's going to be, you know, taking it into the spring. He's another. I'm going to see him on Sunday in Atlanta for that camp. I'm interested to see what he comes up with as far as, you know, hey, here's where I'm at. Here's where my recruitment stands. LSU is still pushing heavily there. I can tell you that much. I don't know if it's going to pan out as far as them getting him. But as far as top targets at wide receiver, he's probably right up there overall. When I look at Mississippi with caution always, because how hard it is to get kids out of Mississippi. Um, and we know that we've seen it every cycle at a number of positions. Why I like Noriel White a little bit more would be because of what you said. He's not in Ole Miss in state country. He's on the Gulf Coast. He's at Ocean Springs. And he's playing for the bootleggers, Louisiana bootleggers. If the name doesn't give it away, the majority of kids on that seven-on-seven uh, seven team are from Louisiana and are kids being recruited by LSU or might be committed to LSU. There are a number of commitments on, this, on the team. So he's around that. A guy like J.J. Arell, he's in Sardis. He's in Panola. So you're in the heart of Ole Miss State. There's influence everywhere in North Mississippi in terms of those two schools getting on a kid who's in ocean spring closer to LSU than he is Oxford or Starkville is something that I can get in on. He can make plenty of visits. It's an easy drive. It's right down the interstate and he's already familiar with the school. That for me would be like what I would consider a safe pick. If you're looking at like top 300 guys who are not from Louisiana, who do they have a shot at? I would put him in that category of, 
that would seem realistic to me. Yeah, and you look at those two guys in Mississippi, and then you kind of go out, like you said, Zion Kearney. Um, they've got uh, Jelani Watkins, who's out of the Houston area, on their board. Uh, there's Ryan Wingo up in St. Louis. There's, you know, a, a guy that is going to be on campus that first weekend out of Tampa, Carrollwood Day, my my alma mater from high school, uh, Bradell Richardson. He's very high on LSU. Uh, Cortez Hankton played with his head coach uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So they've got some ties to him as well. Again, this staff does a pretty solid job of working connections like that and having little ties that help pay off um, in the long run for these prospects. I mean, you can go down the list on on some prospects from last cycle, even, you know, a Jeremiah Hughes that that signed all the way out from Las Vegas, for example. But look, then then I think the, the big one that I think LSU is really going to turn up the heat for and he'll be a tough get. But you look at kind of that recruiting base that LSU is really trying to focus on in this cycle, I think. And that's, that's out of Silsby, Texas, um, one of the top overall athletes in the country, Draylon Miller. He's a basketball star. Um, he's really, really talented. Uh, he's a top 100 overall prospect in the country. Texas A&M really wants him. Texas wants him. Georgia, Florida. Um, he's got... Uh, plenty of options on the table, but I know that he is really um, intrigued by LSU, um, USC, and Clemson are in there. I mean, he has a national recruitment, and you know LSU is all over him trying to get him on campus for a visit. And I think at some point this spring, you'll see him pop up. Um, if there's a top target that is really realistic, maybe outside of JJ Harrell. I think Draylon Miller is one of the dream gets for Cortez Hankton. And it's basically on the border, right? Silsby, close enough to Louisiana. Yeah, so you can play that. And I, I believe, and I could be wrong on this, and and obviously Houston, a lot of Houston prospects that you know have Louisiana ties, but I'm pretty sure Draylon Miller has has some Louisiana ties um, in his family as well. So um, a, somebody that they're pushing for, somebody who – has LSU among his top schools and and would be that, you know, true outside receiver in this class if they can get him on board. It's a uh, MapQuest three-hour, 10-minute drive. Easy Sils enough. Silsby to Baton Rouge. Yeah, I mean, you should throw in Houston uh, or you should throw in uh, Silsby to College Station and, and see how long that takes. So that Houston traffic, if they've got to go through it, might be two hours from there. Um, and look, this this group, we see the amount of talent they're bringing in this first weekend. There's a lot of visit weekends to come this spring. I mean, all the way through to the spring game. So we're just getting going on this uh, as we look at, you know, the top targets across the board uh, for these position coaches trying to nail down who they're going to get in 2024 and beyond. So we'll be here for you guys to go in depth on all of them as uh, we break down all the news and we're nearing the end of the dead period. Uh, and the start of spring practice. So for Shay Dixon, I'm Billy Embody. Hammer that subscribe button for us at the Bengal Tiger YouTube channel, as well as check out thebengaltiger.com for all the latest scoop on the Tigers. We'll be here to cover it for you guys. We've got another edition of our spring football preview podcast coming out on Friday. But for now, appreciate you guys listening to this edition of the Recruiting Pod and hope you guys uh, have a great rest of the week. Catch you next time. See you next time. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, 
It's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. 